Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with my first one because the second one is going to stick in your craw, in your cockles, as you said like last cockles? episode. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's the correct use of like craw or cockles, but I know they're both like borderline fictitious parts of your body, so... <laughs> Well, welcome back to the fifth episode of the Two Dudes Named Ryan podcast. I am Ryan, joined by my co-host, Ryan, who goes by Fully. Fully, man, how was your week? It's been great. It's been my last week of school over here. I'm transitioning to a new school, so went to my new classroom today. I had to haul all my teaching stuff across, across the city. It's been hot over here, but, you know, I'm excited to go into the middle school now. I'm going to be a seventh grade math teacher. I'm pretty stoked about that. Is your commute going to be better or worse than it was? It's about the same. I just uh, avoid a couple busy roads to gain a couple busy roads. So it's kind of a wash. My commute's pretty brutal from like the bedroom to the to the living room. It's tough. It's tough out here. <laughs> Air-conditioned freeway. All right. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're drinking, as we always do. We're going to give you the top of the mind segment, as we also always do. But then the rotating segment, something we're bringing back for the first time, the two things we liked segment, where we each just give you two things that we liked this week or since the last time we did it, whatever you want to call it. So, Foley, what you got over there uh, in your coolie? I'm going Sans coolie tonight. I have a bottle. Yeah, I got the Miller High Life. Ooh, High Life. Living in the High Life. I sent the wife in with... Uh, my credit card, and I said, get some cheap beer. She's getting some other groceries as well. And she came back with a 12-pack a of Miller High Life. Is it a cheap beer type night for you? Yeah. It's funny because I was, I, I was actually in the same mood. My mom, as you know, if you listen to the last episode, she's still here. She brought a whole bunch of beer from Montana, a bunch of my favorite beers. And tonight I'm looking in there, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to drink a nice beer and take down my stock tonight. So... I pulled out the Coors Light. Nothing here to really discuss on this. Everyone knows what Coors Light is. If you haven't had Coors Light, you either aren't of age to drink, you don't drink, or uh, some. I don't know how you would have avoided Coors Light in your drinking career. But uh, yeah, it's a light <laughs> beer. It tastes like most of the other light beers. Uh, you pick the Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, blind taste test. Not sure I could really tell the difference. I just like the cans. <laughs> Do you have a lime? No way. No way. That's, I'm not, I don't doctor up my cheap beers. If I'm, if I'm going cheap beer, I'm going all in on it. Man, you got to try it. Too much work. At least uh, I'm cheap beer night where I'm already tired and lazy. So <laughs> not tonight, my friend. Okay. All right. So why don't you kick us off? What's on the top of your mind? All right, Ryan. Uh, so first day of summer was for me today. I started two books. I really started one book. I put another one on the shelf. But I started thinking about how we read books right now in the 21st century, and we have a couple different versions. We have the traditional book, uh, you know, the page turner, on one we've always had. Uh, you have the audio book now, the downloadable version on your Kindle, which is what which, which was would be what I would consider the third option. So you got the Kindle, the Kindle, something you could get off maybe like iTunes or. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if it's on iTunes. Do you do you get do you get books off of iTunes? I'm not really sure. So my question to you, Ryan, is: What is your favorite way to read a book? Paper. 
books, man. Books are the best. I'm glad that books are still around. I was concerned when all this stuff came out that it would wipe out books. But if anything, I, I remember reading an article last year about how books sales have actually increased over the course of like digital books and online books and uh, Kindles and stuff because it's kind of reinvigorated people into reading and making them realize, you know, books are the best. There's nothing better than like a like a paper or like a hardback book with like just pay, turning the pages and just kind of running your finger along the spine. It just feels kind of cool. Like I, I love books. I don't read them very much, but when I do, uh, you know, physical book always. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I like highlighting some quotes in books as well. So the having it in the hands has always been been my preferred version. But on the same time, I think I've probably listened to two audio books this year and I use it when I go on runs. And so I do prefer that for yeah. that reason. And you can listen to it at like 1.25 speed, which is uh, w- which was good for one of the books I was reading because it was pretty boring. And I was just like, all right, I just got to get through this. But, um, you know, maybe in college, if we would have had that option, I would have might have uh, opted for that maybe for some of our textbooks. But uh, just for like enjoyment reading, definitely hands-on page turner for sure. Audiobooks are great when you can't read. When you're running, when you're driving, you can just listen to it in piecemeal when you have an opportunity. So I do love a good audiobook, but uh, if I'm if I'm reading a book though with my eyes, always always physical copy. I've never had a Kindle. I've never read a book off a of Kindle or any kind of platform like that. So I imagine it just looks bad. I just don't think I would enjoy it. It looks better than you think. It looks better than you think. I'll give I'll give it that. If you actually get like the black and white Kindle and not. It actually does a good job of making it not too hard on the eyes. All right. Well, that's what was on my mind. All right. So mine's a whole different subject here. So I am on Facebook and, you know, I'm always looking at the used marketplaces, Facebook marketplace, or you join the the groups, the buy and trade groups in, in your local area. And I've noticed a trend and it's been going on and increasing with, with fever, I've say in the last year, is that... Somebody will be selling something and it's higher priced than someone else thinks it should be. And then they're just, the comment sections just turn into clown shows where people are saying like, no way that's worth that much money. And they're always, they're always niche items too. Like that's such a waste of money. Like someone sold, was selling a rug for like a thousand dollars or something. And people are just ripping this person apart. And then you can, but you can go online and look at the rug and it was like $5,000 rug brand new. And it's like people people just have like their opinions on these things. And I feel like more and more people are belittling, belittling people selling items like that's a waste of money. Don't buy that. When in reality, it's not that bad a deal for what it is. So I don't know if you've noticed this trend. Is this something that do you even, do you even browse these kinds of markets? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That is your first mistake, Ryan. Like, why are you even reading comments on what people are selling? Like, that's a good question. That's, that's one of my... Things I don't like about Facebook is it always shows you the first comment and you know, of anything, and sometimes it's enough to make you go into it. But mainly it's like you'll see something, and I'll see like 10 laughing faces. I'm like, oh, what's what's going on here? Why are people laughing at this? So then I click into it, and it's – man, people are just brutally rude on these things. It's like I guarantee that someone who's like, that's not worth money. Don't spend that. Just go to Walmart and buy this or something. I guarantee I could find something that you're selling or something you own in your life that I think is a waste of money. Just because someone else spends something on their money on something that you think is a waste, you know, it works both ways. I guarantee there's something in your house that I would never pay that much for. So I just, I just 
people are getting more and more opinionated on these listing type things. And it's just kind of bugging me. I've been noticing it's been rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> so that's where, that's where uh, it's on top of my mind today is, is people being rude in online <laughs> listings on Facebook. Who's a person who actually comments on what people are selling on online, like Facebook people or too much free time, I guess. Like, <laughs> why would you even care? Like, that's the thing is like, why do you even feel the need to interject your opinion on that? There's a lot of unhappy people out there, man, who want other people to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're potentially like costing this person like a, a sale because if they get enough people laughing at it or whatever, I don't know. It's just, it just irritates me to no end. <laughs> My newest irritant with Facebook comment section is the <laughs> the Facebook marketplace turning into it's, a complete peanut gallery. What would it take? How much money would it take for me to give to you to quit Facebook right now? I don't know. Nothing. I'm not going to quit Facebook. $100 right now. I would Vin- Venmo you. Apple Apple Cash. Would you? Would forever? You quit no. I'm never going to quit Facebook forever. <laughs> I'll, $1,000. I'll, I'll, I'll never look at the uh, the uh, marketplace again. $1,000 right now. $1,000 right now. <laughs> no. Would you do it forever? No, not for 1000 bucks. 10000 Sure. Okay. So you, all right, there you go. Venmo, so you, you Venmo. Price. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard her first heard people. He agreed to it live on this podcast. <laughs> I upped him. Man. Just kept going up to 10,000. All right. That's a new car. Well, it's not a very good new car. It's a new something though. <laughs> oh, Some, man. It's a, it's a 10 of those $1,000 rugs. Yeah. There you go. Those used rugs. <laughs> I can populate my house with rugs that people think it's a waste of money. All right. Well, let's kick it off. Let's uh, move on to a more positive conversation. That was kind of my rant on this one. Two things that we liked. So I just went, uh, do you want to take this one as well? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with my first one because the second one is going to stick in your craw, in your cockles, as you said like, last cockles? episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure that's the correct use of like craw or cockles, but I know they're both like borderline fictitious parts of your body. So... <laughs> All right. So general first, regions that you kind of just like, you know, just kind of gestured my cockles. Like you just kind of <laughs> don't know exactly where they are. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to save that for the last part. But the, my first one is okay. iced Americanos. I like iced Americanos and it's officially iced Americanos season for me. We had this discussion last week on chili. Is your chili have a season? I think iced Americanos definitely has a season, at least a temperature threshold. I was talking about my wife with this tonight. We are both iced Americano fans. I typically get mine with some cream in there, but we both start the day out with hot cup of coffee. I always, you know, always brew a pot in the morning, but then soon about like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is seems to be like the threshold of time. That's when it's getting a little hotter around here. That iced Americano just hits perfectly in the afternoon. Um, plus, what I really like about it, Ryan, is when you finish with your iced Americano, it still has like the ice in it and it has like the coffee flavor on the ice. Just let it sit in your car for a little while. It's going to get warm. You got like a second version of your watered down iced Americano in about 10 minutes. It's good. Sounds horrible. Sounds <laughs> I love horrible. iced No one likes like coffee water. You're just drinking coffee water. No, this guy, man. Not this guy. I love it. Yeah. I guarantee if we put that on a poll, you're going to be the minority. So iced Americano. So yours is just like drip coffee with some cream in it. That's all you're doing? So that's my go-to every day, every morning, drip coffee with cream. Yes. But I don't get the iced Americanos in the winter. 
unless like I'm coming from skiing and I'm like, like sweaty or something, or I've been doing some like physical activity. Maybe it's like one of those weird warm days in winter when it's like, you know, 55 or something like that. You're like, okay, I'll get an iced Americano. But in the summertime, typically when school is out in the afternoon, I'll probably get an iced Americano probably three or four times a week. Man, I treat iced coffee way more like a treat. I always get like the sugary vanilla, just the ones that are like 800 calories. So I always get them bad. Like I don't, iced coffee, unflavored, unsweetened is way worse than hot coffee, unflavored, unsweetened. I can drink a cup of hot black coffee. I can't drink an iced Americano with nothing. That's just, it's too bitter. But here we are with the, you're an IPA man, so it doesn't surprise me that you like your just cold, bitter coffee. Well, it's a little different. So we're talking about espresso here. Because an Americano is just sauce the espresso with water. Yes. Now, n- not to be confused with like a cold brew coffee, which Correct. is like jitterville for me. Like if I, if I get a cold <laughs> brew coffee, man, it just hits me in the wrong way. I had it on an empty stomach for the first time. I was helping out with something like in Great Falls one summer. I was setting up some chairs for some concert. I was just like donating some time. And I was like, man, it's so hot. I, was, I went across the street, got a, uh, a, they were advertising cold brew coffee. I was like, oh, cool. It's cold. It's coffee. I like those both things. Uh, I hadn't ate much that day. I took that. I felt like I was about to die on the way home. I, I took that. I was driving home. I had to pull over to a gas station because I, I was like lightheaded. I'm shaking. I'm starting to get the sweats. I'm pale. <laughs> I was it it hit me so hard. That caffeine hit me so hard. Holy cow. Was, I've never been back to the cold brew. So totally different for me. All right. Well, I can agree that iced is better in the summertime. As someone who doesn't particularly believe in seasonal anythings, as long as that <laughs> item, that ingredient is available all year long, I can believe in seasonal fruit because that's when the fruit tastes the best. But chili, those ingredients are available all year. Eh, Coffee is available all year. It's better when it's hot. Um, so I'll give you that one. So that's that's good. I like those. Uh my first good thing. I wasn't sure what I was gonna do here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one first, though. My new, he's not really new anymore, and I don't know why he's a he, but he is. My robot vacuum. I am loving that thing. I don't know why I waited so long to get one. Uh, maybe I was waiting for the technology to get better because I know at one point they're basically just randomly go around your house just bonking into things with no path. But now they have like an app with a map and it tracks it and it has the best algorithms and it covers every square inch. I know you love vacuuming, so you're going to disagree with me on this one. But it's such a time saver. I don't find vacuuming therapeutic like you do. But you can like sit at to run while you go to get groceries or something while there's no one in the house. It's amazing. It does a really good job. I'm a huge fan. Robot vacuum. My good thing. One of my good things. Couple questions. Number one. There's got to be, there's got to be like places it misses consistently. Just like little corners. Wouldn't even know if it did. Okay. Number two. I'm not a clean enough, uh, I'm not going to use the word freak. I'm not a clean enough person to notice that if you missed a little spot on the edge there. It'd be like mowing and not trimming is what I'm thinking of. So what this one does is he has little circular brush and it always goes up against the wall on that one. So it's brushing into the vacuum. So it's, it always touched the wall. So it does a pretty good job. It actually does a surprisingly good job in corners and stuff. Okay. So my, my second question is, how's your cat think of it? Or what does your cat think of it? It doesn't, she doesn't love it. She doesn't hate it. She's very, very like, uh, 
entranced by it. Very like when that thing's going and the cat's there, she's like staring at it the whole time, making sure it doesn't do any funny business, but um, she's not scared of it. She just kind of just stares at it intently the whole time. You should put like one of your cat's toys on top of it and just see what happens. <laughs> that, that could be fun. The, the, his name is Coconut. That's my son, Henry, named him Coconut. I was like, what should we call the vacuum cleaner? And he just smiles. It says Coconut. It's like, okay, that's a terrible name, but you know what? It is. You named him. It's Coconut forever. Coconut. Coconut, the vacuum. We always talk, all right, let's run Coconut before we leave, you know, (laughs) get Coconut going. Does a good job, man. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm jonesing for one of those, uh, uh, you know, cordless Dysons. That's what I want. They're like five ninety nine. The one I want is yeah. five ninety nine. I can't I can't pull the trigger because my Dyson that I got like ten years ago is still running, and I repaired it this year. It's I'm like, oh come on, just break on me. <laughs> At that point, you're paying more than uh, the robot vacuums. Those things are three to four hundred for uh, entry level ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, we have so, we, our entire house is like uh, our new house is completely wood floors, so. It need it needs sweeping like daily, so this was a good purchase for us. Yeah, I just would it like launch itself off the stairs. You can set invisible walls, but I uh, the one time that I ran it upstairs so far, I definitely laid something down as a precaution. I didn't want them just <laughs> coconutting down the stairs, you know, like an actual <laughs> coconut falling out of the tree. Didn't want that happening. <laughs> happening? I didn't want that hap- happening. Didn't want that to happen. Sounds weird. All right, man. All right. What's your uh, second good thing for the week? Oh, man. I've been waiting on this one because I know you're going to love this one. It's the Tour de France. Yeah, yes. <laughs> love it. Love watching people ride bikes up hills. <laughs> Nothing better. Oh, I know you and I differ on this so much, <laughs> but the Tour de France starts this Saturday, three weeks of pure bliss for me. Uh, I got a couple of friends that I, I remain in contact throughout the year just Basically, on the Tour de France, I love the Tour de France, and I don't even ride a bike. I mean, I have a bike. I have a mountain bike. I have a road bike. I ride them sparingly, but I'm more of a runner. But, man, I just love the Tour de France. And so, um, I'm not going to bore you with all the details. If you want to ask questions, Ryan, go ahead, because I- I'm ready to talk about the Tour de France. But I'll give you the Ryan Foley, how to watch the Tour de France, make you a fan. So, the Tour de France stages, so there's probably 21 stages and they're long. They're like multi hour long. You don't watch all of it. So what you want to do is you want to go, you want to subscribe to, I think this year NBC gold made it Peacock. Anyways, you got to go through the Peacock app and I'm not going to bore you with all this, but you want to watch the last 20 kilometers of the race and the last 20 kilometers of the race could take you anywhere between an hour or maybe a half hour. depends on if it's uphill or a flat finish or whatever they have. Anyways, you watch the last 20 kilometers of the race. That's where most of the action is at. If you have more time, you can bump it back to 30 kilometers, maybe 50 kilometers if you if you really have some time. And then you want to listen to Lance Armstrong's Lance Armstrong's podcast, The Move, thereafter, and get all the good uh, info from, from that day's stage. And for some reason, Ryan, I don't know why I'm addicted to it, but for probably five years now, five, six years, I just... I love the Tour de France, man. I, I can't get enough of it every day. It's like this ongoing uh, saga I can't uh, turn away from. My first problem with this is your Lance Armstrong podcast. 
I can't get behind Lance Armstrong after the whole scandal. I know everyone was doing it. I know he wasn't doing anything different than anyone else, but the whole thing just rubbed me the complete wrong way. It's like I'd be listening to a baseball podcast with like Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. Like, why would I do that? (laughs) Well, he's a a good podcaster. I'm sure he is. There's nothing against him as his abilities. I'm sure he's entertaining to listen to, but the fact is he's like a caught cheater and he lied about it. So it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. There's a lot of you out there who think exactly that, and they can't they can't get past that. Number two, I don't like any sport that makes me I don't know what twenty kilometers is. I don't know what that is in American. <laughs> so twenty kilometers would be about for like thirteen miles. So are you you're telling me that you only watched like the last how how, how long does it take them to go a mile? Well, it depends. You know, if you're going uphill or if if they're cruising. So give me a, like a rough estimate what the last 20 kilometers time commitment is watching that. I already did. I told you, Ryan. It was it's, It could be either from like an hour or it could be like 30 minutes. Okay, I didn't catch that part. So that's all you watch of the tour? So is that exactly. Every, is that every single, uh, all 21 stages? Is that what you mean? Yeah. It's so like you watch the last half an hour of each stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you okay. the Ryan Foley way to watch the tour. So because... The tour is going on in France, so it's going on when we're sleeping or right when we're waking up really early in the morning. And and there's contingents of people who wake up super early to watch the tour. I'm not that guy. And so I get it on my devices. I stream the stages. And there's two ways to stream the stages. NBC has a Bob Roll who's so good. Like, I mean, you would recognize his voice. But then you get the ads. I pay for the no-ad version uh, so it doesn't cut away from the Peloton or the 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 lead chase or the lead group or whoever's, you know, trying to win that stage. But yeah, you, you, you scroll through it because the, the stage is honestly, Ryan, they're about three to four hours long, the whole broadcast. And I'm not going to sit down and watch a bike race for three to four hours long. I want to see, I'll, I'll scrub through it to see if like there's any wrecks or any kind of like, you know, thing that catches my eye. But the last 30 to 20 kilometers of the race, maybe 50, you know, if I'm feeling good that day, that's what I really focus in on. That's where you're going to get your most action. How many people are on a team? Mm, depends. Not all teams are the same size. So you probably have, I want to say like maybe nine cyclists on a on a team. So it's a weird year too because some of the cyclists are going to like bow out after like a couple stages uh, to prepare for the Olympics. And uh, they're just trying to win a stage. You know, if you win a stage in the Tour de France, it can make your career. Like, it is, like, a really important thing to cyclists. Like, just a stage win can full-on make your career. And so, like, there's a couple stages they might eye early on that they have a shot at. And if they could uh, if they could pull it off, and, you know, there's a couple guys that are just going to try that right away. And then they're going to be like, yep, I'm done. And then and they're just going to be done. And, and people do that every year, but... More, more of it probably will happen this year because of the Olympics. How is that a competitive equilibrium when you can have like one team, like I'm going to have 10 guys and the other team's like, I have four guys. How's that team with 10 or how's the team with four ever compete with a team with 10? Well, it depends on what your strategy is. So you can have a couple of different strategies. Like uh, the top teams are going to go for the yellow jersey. They're going to go for it all. They're, they want to win it all. Uh, the yellow jersey is the is what they call the the GC, the general qual- general qualification or classification. Um, 
but there's some teams that know that they have a really badass sprinter. And so they're just going to go after what's called the green jersey. So they just want to win the sprints. There's a guy, uh, there's another, There's two more jerseys that are awarded in Tour de France. There's the polka dot jersey, which is the king of the mountains, the best climber. So um, you think of your you're like super skinny, light guys that have powerful, powerful legs. And then there's the white jersey, which is the most, the best rider under age 25. And so if you have one of these like aces on your team, that might be your strategy. You might not go for the yellow jersey, but you you might have like a good sprinter and you want to get some sprinting points along the way. And that's that's the guy you want to protect. So most of the people in your team, Ryan, are not the people who are going to win. Most of the people in your team are there to protect the guy who could win. And they're called domestiques. They're just guys who are just like, you know, set up to protect, to, to, uh, uh, what does protect mean? I don't even know what that. Yeah, I'm trying means. to. Do, so you want to like surround your guy, make sure other guys don't like uh, uh, you know, gap him. If if there's a breakaway, you want to track those guys down and bring them back to the peloton, bring them back to the group. You don't want anybody messing with your guy. You want to put them in the best possible position. So at the end of the stage, they have the best possible way or best possible position to earn the points or win the stage. That's what you want to do. So. Most of the guys riding in this uh, in, in the Tour de France, they're not there for the glory. They're there to work for somebody else who's on the team. Like, like uh, for Lance Armstrong, like in the when he was winning all his Tour de France's, most of the people on that team, uh, all of those guys, George Hincapi, all of his teammates on what was it, Postal Service, they're all working for him. They're all making sure that Lance is in the best possible position to win. To win the the yellow jersey at the end of the day, that was their job. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> nothing you said convinced me that I want to watch the uh, the Tour de France. But uh, you know what? I'm I'm happy for you to have so much passion in that. Kudos. <laughs> hey, anybody listening, at, you know, to our fledgling podcast, if everybody's listening to this and loves the Tour de France, connect with me. I'll add you on our texting group, and we could talk Tour de France. It'll be fun. All right. Well, I'm officially putting an end to that discussion. And I was, depending on where you went with your second good thing was where I went with my second good thing. Since yours was a big sport chat, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to go with the importance of date night with your significant other. Something I think is a very good thing, uh, especially as two working parents who don't get an opportunity to spend very much quality time together. We had a date night tonight and it's just reminded me how important that stuff is. And it's just good. It's good to go on dates when you have the opportunity just to get out, put your phones down, put the distractions down and just have a meal, break bed, break bread, <laughs> the bed part later. <laughs> uh, and then just have a, you know, just have a conversation and actually connect with the person that you don't really get ever talk to outside of like, ordering each other around about dishes and, and stuff like that and or kids all night long is what it all feels like sometimes. So just take the time for your mental health, for your relationship health. And uh, that's my good thing. Dates, date nights. I'm all for it. Where do you like to go? It's like, what is your perfect date night with your wife? Honestly, since I do all the cooking, my perfect date night is just going out to a restaurant, having a cocktail, having two cocktails, having a meal cooked. I don't have to clean or cook. And then uh, maybe dessert afterwards. I like going to movies a lot. That's something I've done a lot in my life as just an activity to do with like friends and family. So a dinner and movie, if you have the time, is, is my ultimate favorite probably. But uh, 
which is, which is what we got to do a few weeks ago too. We went and saw the um, Quiet Place 2, which was really good. If you've seen the first Quiet Place, the second one's very good as well. So yeah, that's that's, that's my, uh, just kind of my dream. Easy to obtain date night. That's not like traveling away for a weekend or something like that, which is like impossible with kids. It is. It's hard to get a good sitter as well. If you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to have family, you're lucky enough to have a good sitter in town. That's that's a huge benefit. Yeah, I'm blessed that my mom is in town and she's willing to come out here for like 10 days while school is out. And we didn't even know that our, our son's daycare was closed. Like we we knew about it. We completely forgot about it. So we, it's like, oh, sorry, mom. Well, Henry's daycare is closed. So now you got to watch him. <laughs> I felt so bad about that, but bless her for coming out and, and even offering to like, you guys go out tonight and she knows how important it is for us and, and the, how hard our home life is. I won't get into any of that detail here, but it's very good for us to get some time away. Nice, man. So that's my good thing. Robot vacuums and date nights. <laughs> I like them both. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our fifth episode of our little podcast here. You can find us on Twitter, two dudes, Ryan TWO spelled out. Please uh, find us on iTunes and or Spotify or wherever and give us a rating and review and spread the word about our podcast. And until next time, we are two dudes named Ryan. I'm hey.